My guest today is the first guest on this season that has nothing to do with music. He's an MMA fighter. He's undefeated in both the welterweight and middleweight divisions with a professional record of seven wins and zero losses. And over the past few years, I've heard the name several times, but I've never seen him fight. And I've never met the guy until now. And I think, as is with a lot of fighters and mixed martial artists, they, they take a lot of pride in what they do. And discipline is a huge part of their life and respect and honor. And this guy exemplifies all those things. He's an all-around great guy. I, I really enjoyed talking to him. And I hope you enjoy listening to this. So without further ado, please give it up for Christian Savoy. circuit so like where do you fight and I guess how often do you fight so uh, I spent most of my career professionally with a company called Elite One um, they're based out of Moncton and you know I, I I try to fight as as much as possible but I'd say on average I fight probably like twice a year yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah Elite One uh, does a good job you know uh, one of the biggest questions I get asked is why why I stick around locally, you know. And uh, short answer is money. <laughs> I'm I'm quote unquote the guy around here, you know. So financially, it's a, it's a lot easier for me. Yeah. yeah. So I looked you up a little bit. You're undefeated. Yes, sir. Seven and zero. Yes, sir. And that's professionally. Yeah. So did you have any amateur fights before that? Yeah, I was three zero amateur. Yeah. Nice. I also noticed two weight classes. Do you fight at welterweight and middleweight? Yeah, I previously used to fight at middleweight. Um, my professional debut was actually at welterweight. But um, at the time, I, I never had a, a nutritionist or a weight cutting expert, you know. And uh, I don't know if you know, but one of the the most grueling parts of my sport is, is the weight cuts, you know. And uh, at the time, you know, I was like 22 and... Again, I didn't have a nutritionist or anything like that. and I, I competed my first fight at 170 but and, and won, but I noticed that my, my strength was was depleted, you know? So Absolutely. I knew if I wanted to do this again, I, I would need the right people around me. And uh, now I work with a guy named Eric Penna who works for the UFC. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he knows what he's talking about. And, uh, yeah, he's legit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm kind of in a situation where I'm a massive guy from my weight class, but a small guy from middleweight, which right. is the weight class above me, right? And that's where MMA, it's unfortunate they don't have more weight classes, right? Mm -hmm. So 
But, um, yeah, I'd rather be the big guy than the small guy, basically. Right. <laughs> so, just for people that don't know, middleweight is 185 and welterweight is 170. Correct. So, so you're fighting at 170 now. So, like you just said, you, you kind of wish that there was more weight classes. Like, do you think you'd fight at 175 if that was the weight class, or...? 100%. That's yeah, where you'd yeah. see One, 175 would be perfect for a guy like yeah. me, right? That's so what do you walk around at? Is that I'm about 200 right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, chiseled right now, but I'm, I'm in shape, right? Like, I'm always in shape. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, but again, you know, like, I'm in a situation where I'm a big guy from my weight class, right? I'm one of the bigger guys, but say I fought at middleweight, at the highest level, like the UFC, you know, I'm competing against guys who are 6'2", 6'3", walk around 220 monsters, right? So, (laughs) and it makes a big difference, you know? Like, I've gone away fighting at middleweight um, against, I don't want to say not so good guys, just not UFC caliber guys, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, skill can... Can you know it's it's almost the way of the martial artist right skill beats strength but right. if you're both really skilled then you know size yeah, does make a difference yeah 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 exactly so is that something that you're that you always have on your mind and you're always conscious of like who's fighting at your weight class in the UFC do you keep your eyes on those guys yeah one hundred percent I'm always sizing guys up and you know trying to see uh, trying to see who the best guys are and then you know seeing what they're doing and I guess you know wanting to compete against them someday so yeah is that like so you know who you'd be fighting is that something you visualize like right now the 170 champ is Kamara Usman I believe in the UFC like do you visualize yourself fighting a monster like that oh yeah oh yeah I I think uh, yeah it's it's a matter of uh, it's only a matter of time at this point you know like I'm at the doorstep of being signed by the UFC, you know, and, and once you're in the UFC, man, there, there's no easy fights, you know, everybody there, everybody there is, is undefeated, you mm-hmm. know, young guys like me from where they're from, right, so, yeah, it's where the best fight the best, and Kamaru is, you know, number one right now, of course, and that's where I want to be, so, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so, that's the UFC, do you... Do you look into other organizations in promotions like Bellator or One FC? Is that something that's even on your radar at this point? At the end of the day, I I the the biggest reason why I want to be in the UFC. One of the biggest reasons is the drug testing. Mm-hmm. That's that's really important. You saw that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a you know there's a lot of cheaters and uh, you know unfortunately you know like. You'll see guys, you know, go on these tears outside of the UFC, then they get in the UFC and they either get popped or, you know, they're they're looking a little softer, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, it's one of the most unfortunate parts of my sport, man, where, like, you see guys, you know, say, say you you take a guy like myself, right? I'm undefeated, I'm about to get signed by the UFC, and the organization I'm fighting for doesn't have drug testing, like, like most outside of the UFC. And, um, you know, say I fight this juiced up monster who knocks me out, right? And he's the one who gets signed by the UFC. And do you see what I'm getting at? Exactly you know? what you're saying. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's very unfortunate, man. But that's why, uh, that's, why, uh, that's why I want to be in the UFC. <laughs> yeah. That's something I wanted to talk about with steroids. So is that something you see a lot? Or is it just, is it unwritten and you just kind of know that these guys are on it? Or is it something you've been approached by 
other athletes maybe to try to influence you to take something like that? Um, no, no, I've never been, you know, really approached by anybody. Like I know guys who do them, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, uh, to point fingers to, to say who's on who, right? Because, you know, like I've been accused of steroids before, right? And, uh, I'm sure everybody in the, in the business is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's tough, right? Because some, there's some genetic freaks out there, right? But, um, you know, it's obvious that it is a problem in, in my sport, right? And uh, you, you see it in the UFC now that USADA came along, right? You see these guys, you know, who, who were jacked and you know they're looking a lot softer nowadays right so again it's tough to point fingers to say who's on who who's on what right because you know but that's why you want to get to the ufc so exactly no, no so more finger pointing this just exactly not, you're a lot more clear and don't get me wrong there are ways around the drug testing system but they're constantly trying to find out new things right like tj again pop for uh, EPO, EPO, right they, Absolutely. They, i guess they never tested for that before i'm, I'm, I'm from what sure. i hear it's very expensive to test so yeah they, they they're very selective on who they test and i think just where he was at the top he just happened to be in the radar yeah so popped. exactly you're, you're seeing it getting uh getting better and better but there are guys still finding the, their way around the system you know like your testosterone levels can can be at a certain amount before they before it's declared like cheating you know so what guys are doing is um they have like a whole team of doctors around them and they they're taking just the right amount to keep their testosterone levels just under the radar but like you know so you see like these you know 40 year old 35-year-old guys who have the testosterone levels of, you know, 18-year-olds, which right. makes no sense, right? Yeah. But it's obvious that they're cheating, but they, they can't prove it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. When did you start fighting? So, I, I come from a Taekwondo background. Uh, I started Taekwondo when I was six. And uh, I, I was good at Taekwondo. I, I won the Maritime Championships like three times in a row when I was a kid. Um, but at one point I started to lose interest and I, I went to nationals and stuff and I didn't really, didn't excel there. And, uh, yeah, I kind of, you know, half-assed it. Am I allowed to swear on here? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, yeah, I kind of half-assed it and, you know, I was just not really that hardcore into it anymore. And, uh. I remember the very first MMA fight I saw. I remember where I was at and everything. It was at my uncle's. And uh, it was Matt Hughes against Carlos Newton too. I don't know. If, yeah. Yep. And uh, it's when Matt Hughes slammed Carlos Newton and knocked him out cold. And I thought, that's the coolest shit I've ever seen in my uh, life. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's probably, that's probably going to ruin my life. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, here we are. But yeah, that was, uh, that was when I was like, 14 and I found an MMA gym shortly after that and yeah. there. Yeah. did you play sports growing up yeah I played soccer um, I played tennis and badminton um, I was always a, a, a good athlete mm-hmm. but I never really like excelled at anything outside of combat you know yeah. Um, so yeah this is uh, this is my element yeah yeah so was there any any childhood things that may have led to the fighting being a career path or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Like schoolyard um, bullshit, any fights when you were young? 
Yeah, um, so I, I came from an abusive household when I was a kid. Um, and it's funny, the, the older I get, the more I recognize how much that has impacted my life, you know? Yeah. And uh, for me, I hate the idea of being physically vulnerable. <laughs> right. And uh, it, it took me a long time to uh, put the two together, you know? Absolutely. But, um, you know, yeah, you know, I was four years old and uh, essentially a woman used to, you know, beat the crap out of me and, uh, you know, done some some really fucked up things, <laughs> Yeah. you know, that I won't even mention. But, um, yeah, you know, just being a, a scared little kid, you know, and having nobody to 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 help me, you know, just being so, so vulnerable, right? And I notice now, like... I, I tell like friends of mine about this, like if I if I'm even like sick, I don't even want to leave my house. <laughs> if Just I'm like injured or something. Really vulnerability. And and it yeah. took again, man, like, you know, I'm twenty six now and uh it took me a long time to really like figure this out, you know. But um in the same sense, man, it's it's you know, uh, you know, it's not a, I'm not saying this as a know pity party or anything like that you know it made me who i am and uh i love who i am and i love the sport so but i'm I'm sure that influenced it (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah things like that definitely shape who you become and just psychologically knowing that you can defend yourself in any situation it's just you can tell where that comes from you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. 100 percent um so you said you got into fighting at 14 mma specific yeah. yeah yeah So, you had the Taekwondo background and you got into MMA. Did you start training different things? Like, did you, do you train Jiu-Jitsu or any other martial art? Yeah, so I originally started um, at a place uptown right down the street, actually, called uh, Oakwood Fight Club at the time. Um, uh, sensei Britt Nickerson taught there. And uh, it was... Uh, it was like I'm lucky I started when I started MMA at Okudin it was very very like MMA specific which which is great like I didn't start say doing jiu-jitsu Muay Thai boxing like when when I started it was like MMA as a whole you know um, so I, and I feel like that was actually a, an advantage for me but then once uh once I turned like 17 I think I got into boxing first then uh then I, I got into jiu-jitsu specific. Then, uh, then I, I worked with a Muay Thai coach. Uh, a guy moved here from uh, Los Angeles. He's a really good Muay Thai coach. Um, I worked with him one-on-one for many years. And uh, then, yeah, you know, I, I, I spent some tri- time at TriStar Montreal. That's where uh, George St. Pierre trains. I was there for eight, nine months. And, and I went a few times after that. Um, I trained at Arizona at a place called Power MMA. Um, I went there to see uh, Ryan Jimmo. I don't know if you ever heard of yeah. Ryan Jimmo. Passed away. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. So he he's the OG MMA fighter around yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I stayed there at a gym called Power MMA. Um, guys like uh, Ryan Bader trained there. Uh, a couple of UFC guys. And uh, most recently, uh, I've uh, I spent some time in Milwaukee, a place called Rufus Sport. 
under uh, Duke Rufus, who coaches Tyron Woodley and Anthony Pettis and those guys. And uh, I really feel at home there. And, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about, uh, you know, my background, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Do you, when you go to these places, have you sparred with any of those fighters or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. All, all, yeah. on the regular. Yeah. 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 Who, do you, uh, who do you look up to in the UFC, or who did you grow up watching that you really looked up to? Uh well Matt Hughes was a big one. <laughs> yeah. Uh Krokop. Uh I was a huge Krokop fan. Actually my my hotmail till this day is L I L Lil underscore Merkel Krokop at hotmail.com. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we get lots of emails now. <laughs> <laughs> uh Fedor Millionenko. Yeah. Yes. Um all the big names and the Yeah, the yeah. Heavy, heavy you know, classes. Yeah, yeah. Um Actually, one of my one of my favorite fighters right now is uh, Rob Whitaker. Mm-hmm. But Rob was actually a personal friend of mine. I, I trained with him a lot, and uh, I tried star in Montreal. Oh, yeah, cool. And this was this was before he was. This is when he like when he was signed by the UFC. Like I was there for his training camp. I don't know if you follow the UFC, yep. but uh, when he fought Stephen Thompson at one seventy. Yep. And uh, he got knocked out by Stephen Thompson, but uh, but yeah, he moved to middleweight shortly after that, and he went back home to like he saw training at TriStar. And, but yeah, the, ironically, he's you know the world champion right now at middleweight. Yeah, well, he's that. a big middleweight, so like he was probably cutting so much for one seventy that he was just he was depleted. huge, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember like back then, this was years ago, right? And uh, this was, like four or five years ago, and uh, he was two hundred with an eight pack. Right. And he was cutting the one seventy, yeah, right? And I I remember saying to him, I was like, "Man, you ever consider going up to one eighty five? He's like, "Yeah, it'd be fun." And uh, now he's the world champion, right? Yeah, beating guys like Yoel Romero, you know. So yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that. That's cool to cool to listen to because like, you follow it and you watch it and stuff. But like, you're actually like right in the middle of it and you're right on the doorstep. Yeah. So you say like you're you're close to being signed with the UFC. Is there something? in the works or anything done at this point? Uh, no, but I've, I've had like, I've had some short notice opportunities. Um, I actually got called, um, for the recent UFC Ottawa card. Mm-hmm. Um, my name was in the hat where, uh, I'll just say it, uh, Nordin Taleb, have you heard of Nordin? Uh, no. He's a UFC fighter, he trains at TriStar, but, uh, okay. his opponent, got uh got injured and they're looking for a replacement a few days before and uh my, my name was in the hat like i was in consideration and uh i was i was all set to be on contender series this summer um in a middleweight fight but um long story short um i was originally told that if i won that fight in the ufc signed me that i could drop to 170 once i got in the ufc then they told me I'd have to stay at 85. So we, we backed out of that one. You know, I talked to my, my coach Duke up in Milwaukee and uh, yeah. But that's what I mean by I'm right at the doorstep, right? I'm, I'm, I just posted something yesterday. I'm, I'm pound for pound the number one guy in the Maritimes right now, right? So if somebody's getting signed around here, it's me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was that the big news you were going to? No, I, I, should, uh, I should have a fight any day now. <laughs> is it in the works? Like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 
Next to confirmed. Yeah. Um, is this yeah. something you can say? This this won't be released for a couple weeks. Couple weeks. Okay. Uh, yeah. And you uh, got my seal of approval. I won't say anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As long as uh, I I can give you the go first. Yeah. yeah but, absolutely. Uh, but I'm um, fighting a guy named uh, Pat Carroll. He's a fighter from Halifax. Yeah. Um, he trains with uh, Gavin Tucker, uh, a couple of UFC guys. They got respected gym up there, uh, Titans MMA, um, in St. John. <laughs> When's that? Do you know the date? September 14th, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. In St. John. So what's the venue for that fight? LBR. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah, man. No, that's, uh, honestly, that's, that's the second best thing for me, right? I, because we're still trying to get me on Contender Series at 170, and uh, that didn't fall through, so this Stay is the second you. best thing, right? Because, uh, you know, I'm to do one more fight at home, you know, uh, yep. you know, it's uh, it's always fun. And, and again, like like we spoke about, right, like one of the biggest questions I get is, is people are always asking me, you know, why, why I still fight around here, and, and almost thinking that, like, you know, like fighting around here, like devalues me, you know, it's like, I, I get offers from all kinds of promotions, right? But like my coaches and my management want me to stick around here because money. <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, the, the, you like with, with uh, the company I'm fighting for, I'm not, I'm not signing multiple fight contracts either. So I'm not locked into a contract and, and just, um, the, the UFC doesn't care whether, you know, you're fighting for Elite One, Bellator, you know, TKO, what, whatever the organization is, right? They just look at your record, who you've beat, you know, your, your style, you know, if you can talk shit on the mic, right? Whatever, whatever sells tickets, right? The so, counter effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for uh, sure. so yeah, no, I, I've got it good right now. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight. So there's that fight, and then the next step is hopefully Contender Series, is that... Uh, the next step is hopefully UFC. Yeah. The contender series only happens uh, summertime. Okay. So yeah, hope hopefully after this fight, I'll, I'll be signed by the UFC. You know, and at the end of the day, uh, I'm willing to do you know one or two more, whatever. Right. I'm, Stay I'll do what I got to do. Right. But yeah. Um, I'm I'm starting to get to that point. You know, like I'll, I'll be 27 at the end of August. You know, like I've I've always told everybody that. I wanted to be in the UFC in my prime at my best and I feel like I'm getting there and everything is going according to plan and it's just like I'm ready now you know and yeah. before if you ask me that maybe I'd tell you I'm ready but there's like still this part of me that's yeah. like eh but yeah. now it's like it, it's time you know and, and, and to be honest man it's time to get it's time to really get paid for this shit you know yeah, <laughs> I've put in my time I've put in the work and it's like you know I'm just I'm ready at this point yeah hopefully you do because what a fucking crazy sport and the window of opportunity like you said you're in your prime this is the time to do it and mm -hmm. just and the reason being why um, why I've always wanted to to wait wait it out till I'm in my prime is because I've seen friends of mine make it to the UFC say you know early 20s you know like 22 or whatever and at the end of the day, man, like you said, there's a very short window of opportunity to, to make the most out of this, right? And this is a very dangerous sport. It's not like, you know, I'm losing a game of ping pong. It's like, you know, better luck next time, right? Like, right. if I lose, it's probably because I took damage. You know, I might have took a shin across my head and woke up to a doctor, right? And yeah. uh, I feel like a lot of guys almost 
waste their prime because they, they took too much damage too young, right? And um, and the other thing is, you know, say say you're in the UFC at a young age and, you know, you end up getting cut, then it's so much harder to then get back in. Yeah. And on top of that, now you have this giant target on your back, right? Because all these up-and-coming killers like me want to fight you because you, you have that UFC Taking name. Spot, yeah, it, spot. Exactly. And usually... Oftentimes, when you beat a former UFC guys, you know the UFC recognizes that, right? So, yeah, man, there, there's so much. Uh, you got to be methodical with with how you approach this, and, and you know, there's there's you got to be smart with this game. Yeah. How would you define your style? You a brawler? Um, I see I, a lot of KOs on your record. Yeah. Uh. Well. For the majority of my career, the, the, I don't want to say the problem is, but I, I fought a lot of strikers. So um, I, I wrestled a lot because I, when I fight, I, I always try to bring my opponent where I think they're weak and I'm strong, period, right? I try not to get in an ego yeah, battle, right? Like, exactly. Try not to think. like I, I think I could have knocked out most of the guys on the feet 100% because I'm a better striker. But if I have a significant advantage somewhere else, I'm going to take advantage of that, right? So a lot of my fights recently, you see me take guys down and, and, and pound them out, right? But, um, but you know, it's funny. I, you know, I, I actually think that my wrestling is probably still the weakest part of my game. And it's funny because, like, these guys in the Maritimes, like, look at me as a wrestler, right? And, uh, you know, I don't come from a wrestling background. I got pretty good at wrestling because I knew it was a weakness of mine, you know, because uh, I, I didn't wrestle in high school or anything like that, you know, and I knew, as you know, wrestling is, is huge in MMA, right? And uh, you won't get far if you Especially don't Especially at 170. Yeah, yeah, and you're not going to get very far if, if you don't have wrestling, right, um, at the highest level. So uh, I, I really focused on my wrestling the last couple of years. I, uh, I have a real good wrestling coach called Clint Kingsbury. Um, he used to coach Mark Hominick and a uh, bunch of UFC guys, Chad Lepreez, and uh, just so happened that he moved here to coach the university um, in Fredericton at the time. The, the wrestling program mm -hmm. and uh, I basically just I found out about him I bugged the shit out of him all the time until eventually he ended up training me and uh, we went from there now I work uh, I work with his protege who lives here now my friend uh, Ilya and uh, Ilya is a bronze medalist at University Worlds um, he uh, he wrestled he held his own against Jordan Burroughs I don't know if you heard of Jordan Burroughs arguably the best wrestler on the planet right now right so I'm learning a lot from him, and uh, that that's that's massive. But yeah, no, uh, it, I kind of steered off the question here. My bad. But um, if, if you're asking about my style, I would I'd like to think you know I'm I'm well rounded, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm a big time studier, you know, and uh, and something I take pride in, man, is that like I haven't taken a lot of damage, right? I have ten cage fights now. Um, I got wobbled one fight, and uh, I got dropped, 
I, it cringes me even saying this, but I got, I, I got dropped my last fight. Um, I don't know if you paid attention to anything there, but, um, it was super controversial anyways. And, uh, what happened? Long story short, uh, I was, so I fought a Moncton guy in Moncton and him and I were going back and forth for a while. I don't like the guy at all, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so I took him down. Uh, I, I smashed him with the right hand, you know, I opened a, a huge gash on his eye and uh, took him down. I was, I was beating the crap out of him and uh, the ref stops the action in the middle of me, like, wailing on him yeah. to check the cut. Yeah, you know, like, anyway, so they check the cut and what they're like, supposed to do. Sounds like a stoppage more than a, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, I, I could show you video after this, but. um Cool. But, um, yeah, you know, like, I literally, like, just landed, like, two two big shots on him. Then the ref stops, checks the cut. Um, and what they're supposed to do when they check the cut is start us back in the same, same position, position, right? And this guy's a striker. He's, he's a Muay Thai guy. That's that's where, you know, if he had a shot, that's where it was. And uh, anyway, so they start us back on the feet. And uh, I, w- I was literally, like, arguing with the referee. The whole crowd's booing, right? This is in his hometown, too. And uh, I was just, I was looking at the referee, like, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, anyways, I lost my focus for a second, man. He literally, as soon as the fight starts, he comes blitzing at me and caught me with the left hand. And uh, it was more of a, I, I, I still don't know. And, and, you know, I like, I'm an honest person, right? Like, I don't know if it hurt me or not. I don't know if it just kind of caught me, you know, in the forehead and I fell yeah. or it could have been a flash knockdown. I don't know. I just know as soon as my head hit the ground, I was like, the first thing that came to my mind is like, fuck, this is embarrassing. <laughs> that, that, I, I was more embarrassed than anything. And, yeah. uh, and I remember like, you know, I'll show you the fight after this, but I scrambled to my hands and knees and, and, uh, I knew the whole crowd was like rallying and excited. And the whole time I was thinking in my head, I was like, okay, you know, weather the storm, everybody's excited right now. You're not hurt. Right. But what I'm getting at was like, I was very composed in the moment, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, no, uh, uh, again, I get off track a bit, but, um, yeah, I, I, I've taken relatively not a whole lot of damage my whole career. I've, I've never had a concussion, knock on wood, right. All my years doing this. So, uh. That's something I take a lot of pride in, you know. Um, again, I understand this is a very short part of my life, you know. I want to have a family someday, you know. I want to know my kids' names. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm being very strategic with this, yeah. Is that something that you think about a lot, like with all the recent studies on CTE and things like that? Do you Does that worry you or does it impact your decision-making at all? Yeah, 100%. Um, and... Yeah, I, I, I don't think guys think enough about it, you know, and that's why, like, I'm not a big fan of hard sparring. Um, you know, I, I think it's good periodically when, when you're getting ready for a fight. You know, you got to know what it's like to for somebody to throw at you with real intentions, real speed and stuff like that. But, um, um, yeah, you know, the last couple of years anyways, I've I've avoided hard sparring for that reason and it's something I'm very aware of, you know, and, uh, I don't think it's something guys think enough about, you know, and you hear guys getting rocked left, right, and center and concussions all the time, just, just from training. Right. And, right. uh, yeah, that's something I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of fighters have kind of 
steered away from that in in recent years, just not aspiring full tilt. Yeah, yeah, I find the uh, uh, MMA this day and age, it's like it's almost like split in half. Like you got like the guys who are like training more scientific, you know, like science based training. Then you still got like the old school, you know, train hard every day, you know, yeah. smash each other in the gym kind of thing, and it's. You know, and you still got world champions doing that, right? So who who's right and who's wrong? I, I don't know. I just know that, uh, you know, I'm uh, I like to consider myself a, a pretty smart dude, and I'd like to stay this way for a while. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the plan and the goal is obviously to raise the belt. After that, do like do you look for? Do you look past that? Do you? you plan for the future like not a lot of fighters go into the into old age right successfully anyway so like do you think do you think about life after fighting yeah yeah 100 percent. you know and uh, again going back to the, the the short window of opportunity right like i'm gonna do this for as long as i want to do this i guess and you know and that's just being honest with my body and my skill and, and etc right but I'm one of those guys, man, like, say I got knocked the hell out my last fight and, you know, the next fight afterwards, eh, you know. Start reevaluating. 100%, right? I don't want to be one of these guys who who's doing this because I have to, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's important to be honest with yourself, man. And there's a lot of guys, you know, who are okay with just competing, knowing that uh, they'll never be great at this, I guess, you know? Um, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. if, if I can't be great at this, I, I don't want to take part in it. It's, it's too dangerous of a sport, right? And, uh, and that's why, you know, like, when I go train at big gyms, it, it, it gives me confidence, right? Because I, I know I'm right up there with, with the best guys in the world, you know? And uh, it, it's important to be honest with yourself, right? If I went in there and everybody fucked me up, I'd be like, eh, you know, like, and, you know, don't get me wrong, there, there's some technical deficiencies and you can always get better and stuff like that, but I think you you got to be real with yourself in this sport, man. And, uh, again, I, I don't want to take part in this if, if I can't be great at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And I think you got a whole city and probably province behind you. Yeah, man. No, no. Fueling the dream. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, my my last fight at the LBR was when I fought for a middleweight title, and uh, it was a crazy crowd, man. So this this one's gonna be uh, even bigger. Awesome, yeah. and I hope you make it to the UFC. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the dream.